Video check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. I'm stuck. He's with you, Cut. Look his Honestly. I've guessed it. I've absolutely guessed it. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you. Come on in, everybody. It's another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1, our podcast where we dedicate our weird American sports lives to an international sport that some of us fell in love with only five or six years ago, thanks to Netflix. And yet here we are on the precipice of a Las Vegas Grand Prix. Yes, it, it's not the last, it's not the first time it's been uh, held down in Las Vegas, but as we discussed uh, before we came into the uh, show today with my uh, co-host Dan Jimenez and our guest today, Carlos uh, Artilos Fortune, who of course is our producer at uh, at KSL News Radio, and he's going to be down at the Las Vegas Grand Prix. We discussed that this may actually be the last one. I don't choose to focus on all the negative, you guys. Come on, you're not Vegas residents. You're not going full reticent on me, are you? <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Carlos. You go first. Yeah. I want to hear your take. <laughs> well, it's just been very interesting in, in the lead up to this weekend. Um, you can kind of see social media. People are just hating on it from the get go. And it's not even residents of Vegas. It's just it seems to be kind of the fans, the drivers. So it's been, been very interesting to see from the outside uh, before the race even starts. People are just, they're, they're, you know, they're not liking it for some reason. Yeah. We're going to prove the haters wrong. I am totally on the train that this is going to be the best race of the season. I've psyched myself into this. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good reasons to why. And uh, I, Vegas is going to be a great race year after year. So I'm I'm an optimist. So obviously, I mean, the thing is, is that anything that happens in Vegas is one of those things that it's purpose built. And they will, they will one-off something. But this is beyond that, right? We're talking about a race like the sphere – they made sure that it was done for this. Like when when the plans are put together and this two and a half billion dollar, you know, uh, globe, you know, this crystal ball sitting on the strip was going to be done. It wasn't going to be done in time necessarily this year, but they did it. They're gonna and and it's going to be. They're racing around it, and that's part of the track. The strip is being shut down. Not only the strip, every major casino uh, across Las Vegas is going to be shut down. There have been parts that have to, there have been businesses that have definitely been affected by this. Those guys are upset. Um, but the larger view of this is that it's going to be a crazy thing. I mean, this is, I know that we live here too. I know that we live close enough to this that it's hard to avoid the noise. But like, mm -hmm. I, I haven't heard of a race getting this much pub ever. And so whatever you might say about it, whatever you might say about it, at the very least, it's getting more attention than any of the races on the calendar. It's getting more attention. And it's and not for the same reasons like Miami got a lot of pub, but not like this, man. Vegas is going to yeah. be different. Yeah, and I think, honestly, the hardest part has been done, right, which is just that first race, just getting the setup, getting the, the infrastructure, figuring everything out. I mean, that's already been, you know, already happened for this first race. So I feel like, you know, a second, third, fourth race in, in the coming years will be a lot easier. You know, the hard part's already done. So, you know, I think it's going to be a success. I don't think it's going to be that bad. And it will be a lot easier just to go back and do it again, um, you know, uh, a second time. I, I saw, hey, Dan, I saw this quote. You'd lo you'll love it because it's from Lewis Hamilton. 
always uh, playing to the crowd. Here's what Lewis said. He said, look, we can't just be a circus that shows up all glitz and glam and local people are affected negatively by it. That's what the that's what Formula One <laughs> is. It yeah. is a massive circus. It's a traveling, super expensive circus, and you come into town, and the locals are affected positively, negatively. Think about the people who are camping out to go to these things and are, you know, sleeping in a in a uh, in a caravan for a few days. We don't spend very much time on the bad traffic that that is uh, that is in every one of these cities where these are. That's exactly what you are. This is a circus, and that circuses yeah. are dang fun, and they last two seconds, and you take the tent back down and go back to another part of the world. And if there is if there's ever a place in the world that is a, like welcomes the circus, it's Las Vegas. Yes. Like the sympathy level here for people who choose to live and work like on the strip in Vegas is so low for us Americans. It's like this is the life you've chosen. You know, that's like my favorite line from The Godfather 2, which also takes place in Las Vegas. Like this is the life that they've chosen. You just got to accept it that the circus is going to come through and it's going to affect your life. Uh... But you know, it's going to be a spectacle. I am just so excited for it. We we already saw the uh, Netflix uh, live golf streaming special, um, and that was a little bit of a mess. It wasn't great golf. It wasn't really – but the be- the best part at the end was when Carlos Sainz – I think it was uh, – was it Matsuyama who he played with? Either way, Carlos Sainz won it, and then he also proceeded to break the trophy – a la Lando Norris uh, in the <laughs> on the podium. Yeah. The Netflix trophy looks a lot less important, though. It broke very, very easily and did not look like it took 60,000 human man hours like the Hungarian trophy that was broken. <laughs> I think that this year there's a, there's a record this year, right? How many trophies have been broken? There has to be a stat out there. <laughs> right. This year, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, Carlos and I have been – and I will say Carlos especially has done a ton of this work. The idea was floated out there like, what if we try to get some press passes for this thing? Because we actually do a podcast and uh, we actually work at a media company, one of the biggest ones in the region. So why don't we try to get it? And uh, Carlos, it took some prodding and some uh, and some poking, but we we got a couple of, uh, of press credentials for the race this weekend. And I am yeah. absolutely blasted. I don't even know. I don't even know how we're going to cover this thing because I don't know where we're going to be sitting. I haven't gotten any information. You're getting all the emails. I don't know where where the press areas even are. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they'll put us at the top of the stratosphere to just watch from up there. <laughs> I'm not sure how this works, but what have we found out so far of what the coverage is going to look like per what we're going to be doing? I mean, and I should have probably forwarded you some some emails. I'll do that after this. But I don't know the go... surprise. The surprise might be just as fun. No, though, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Also, Keep it a surprise. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're basically gonna be able to go really anywhere. I don't know exactly, but I know that you know that the main media area is gonna be on the on the main straightaway and the start finish line. Um, but you know, in my head, I reached out to a few people who I haven't heard back uh, from yet. But you know, um, also just people there. So as soon as I see somebody, I'm gonna try to talk to people and have it have them join uh, our podcast. Sure. But uh, Will Buxton, who who I met uh, in Barcelona a few years back, uh, super nice guy. I messaged him to see if he if we can get him um, on the show. Um, the stat man that we had him on on our show. Oh not yeah, long that's ago. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's gonna be there. I when I spoke to him, I said I'm gonna try to go to Vegas. If I'm going there, let's let's hang out. Let's do something. He said, yeah. So maybe we can have him on our show. And honestly, I I just want to get there. So Friday, I just want to walk around and see what you know what everything is and and just kind of figure it out because it's just so many things. I see the schedule the events and it's it's overwhelming do we get to go on do we get to do the grid walk will martin brundle stop me and wonder if i'm a famous person 
I, I think so. Yeah, I think we, we should be able to do that <laughs> no in the walk for sure. No yeah, way. I, I haven't heard anything on the contrary that we can't. So, <laughs> so we're going to try it anyway, Dan. You hear that? Yeah. Like, if That's we're there, so we're just going to try it. We're just going to go. Who cares? Uh, the accommodations are funny. And I know that part of the thing is, is that the hotels have dropped considerably. The prices to go to the, to the Grand Prix are, are, are dipping by the, by the minute. Um, is that already kind of an, an indicator you think you guys that this thing uh, maybe was overblown a little bit too much or wh- why is it? Or, or did they just go, you know what? We overshot this thing. I saw a graphic this week that it showed all the GP prices uh, on a, on a line, just on a, uh, on a bar graph. And, you know, these are already expensive races, and there's nothing anywhere near these. This ticket this weekend is four to five times the normal ticket to a normal uh, F1 race, and so I think that they were shooting their shot on the prices. And even the most insane human beings, a lot of them are paying it, but but some are not. And so I think that the market's kind of adjusting to that, right? Yeah, it's it's that like. The hype obviously just came so high out of the gate that they felt like that they could charge that extra, that higher price. But all of us existing fans, you know, we knew what the going rate was for a ticket at any race around the world. Right. And then you do the math on, okay, I'd fly to Europe or fly to Mexico or Canada. And like, I could go like on a trip and see an F1 race for the same cost of going to Vegas, which, you know, we've all been to at least, you know, us three here on the podcast and a majority of Americans. And, you know, I, it's hard to measure like, um, you know, the share of people that you're going to get that that will go to Miami and then to Austin. And then a few weeks later to Vegas, it's, it's, I think that they just were a bit too aggressive on the price for sure. And that's showing up right now and all the discounts that are coming through. And I, I suspect that next season, it'll be priced like the other two races in the U S uh, out yeah. of all the, out of all the things, uh, Carlos, that we, you know, could potentially see happening this weekend. Uh, what's the thing that like excites you the most about, like the whole F1 circus that is coming to town, like of all the things that, that are going to be interesting or things that you may go, you know what? I can't wait to see that. Uh, what do you think it is for you? Uh, for me, I don't have to say the, um, the unknown of the track. I think, right. Everyone's talking about it. You don't know who's going to be, uh, the tires are going to get affected the most. You don't know who's going to be faster there. I think there's just such a big unknown on this track. It's, it's long straightaways. Um, yeah, I, I think, honestly, right now, there's a lot of teams that are talking that they don't know the car's going to react in that track. That's for me, is one of the one of the most exciting things about the, uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, oh, there is actually a race going on this weekend. So that's kind of the interesting <laughs> part of all this because the circus that surrounds it. Um, you know, I was actually listening to something today, and I was I, I think they were talking about, and, and Dan, this is the part that I'm, I'm interested in knowing too because – the cold weather, this is going to be the coldest uh, Grand Prix that they've had, I think, in years. And, and you know, somebody was asking me about it, and I said, yeah, but there are times when, you know, uh, races are affected much more severely by bad weather, right? By not just not just cold, but like rain. They race in those conditions. Even insane, it, it, when they bust out the red flag because of rain, it's got to be pretty insane, and they've done it before. But bad, bad rain situations or super windy conditions that affect how the cars drive. Tell us a little bit about what the actual, I mean, this is the second longest, I was reading today, it's the second longest track on the calendar now behind Spa. Uh, it has some super, super fast straightaways. It has big 90-degree slow speed turns. But the big deal is is that these tires are going to be cooler than they are all season long. I would think because of all the negative tire degradation stuff in some of these hotter climbs, 
We've heard how bad it is there. What's the difference? What do you get in the cold weather on those tires that everybody's, you know, a little bit worried about? Yeah. So the tire, like we talked about before, is the most important part of a race car. It's highly sensitive. It's hard to predict what it's going to do. It operates optimally in a very small controlled range. And so when Pirelli develops these five compounds, they develop it with an expectation around what the conditions are going to be at all the races that they go to. And they say, okay, you know, compound one through five is going to cover all the races we go to. Well, brand new race. We've never, you know, raced at this track. So the temperature and then the track layout, I think are the two biggest factors. You already mentioned it. It's going to be extremely cold for, for F1 standards and for Pirelli design standards. Um, and it's a bunch of straights with slow, like they're, they're tight corners, but that means that you go through them slow and you don't put a lot of lateral energy into the tire. So these tires are just going to be cooling down as they go down the strip and they're doing 220 and you go into that heavy braking zone, your tires are going to be cold and your brakes are going to be cold. And it's just going to be so hard to predict, um, what the car is going to do corner by corner and lap to lap. And it's going to evolve throughout the race. But the thing is what. When it gets too cold for a tire, especially on the surface of the tire, it, it the the rubber um, like the elastic properties of the rubber start to change, and you can actually get it like to where it's too it becomes stiff and it cracks, um, and or it gets too hot and it starts to melt, and that's like blistering and graining. And like tire degradation is normal. Like Pirelli plans on tire degradation. That's just like you're kind of sanding the tire down at a consistent rate throughout its life. But when you get into graining and blistering, that's when like chunks like of the tire are coming off of it. Like you're losing mass in the tire and it's a runaway train. As soon as that starts happening, you're, you know, you're hosed, right? Because it's just going to make the problem worse and worse and you're never going to catch up to it. And so I think the biggest unknown, like Carlos said, is we don't know what the tire strategy is going to be. The hard, like everyone's already like riding off the hards, like hards aren't going to work. You're not going to get them hot enough. Um, and so it's like, how many mediums are you going to need to get through the race, right? Because you can't get the tire into that optimal temperature, the the, light, the effective life of it is, is going to be less. And so is it a two-stop race? Is it a three, four? Like nobody knows right now. And so I'm excited about this weekend because it's going to show like the best engineers and the best driver are going to win. And you'd, you'd think like, well, every race is that like, isn't it the best engineer and the driver? But there's something about coming into the unknown that everyone is on a clean slate and it's going to take, you know, they get three practices to get this car and this tire figured out. And then it's going to be all in the driver's hands and like the race craft and all of that is just going to be figuring it out on the fly. And so I, I think that like, it's going to be Mario Kart, like rainbow road, <laughs> Mario Kart, like it's, it's going to be nuts. Like bananas peels are going to be on the track. And I don't know how many, you know, safety cars or red flags or DNFs we're going to see because it's like, nobody knows, like whoever, you know, you just got SIM time, like literally like you could go and drive it on the new F1 game and you haven't as much track experience as Max Verstappen does. It's, it's right. nuts. Well, they were saying about the SIM too. They were like, uh, you can put into these insane simulators that they run, obviously. They're they're not playing the F1 game. They're playing, you know, these yeah. these million-dollar setups. And one of the things that they can absolutely take advantage of is they can put in track temperature, they can put in air temperature, they can put in brake temps and things like that. And, and one thing that somebody said is you can simulate every bit of that. You can simulate everything in that race. But the reality is is that – when the driver gets on the track, like that's actually, you can do all the sim in the world that you want on the best simulators ever. You won't really know until they're actually making those turns 
And uh, I think quality at midnight on Friday is going to be wild. And I think that uh, I think that the race on, on Saturday night late is also going to be pretty crazy. But I don't know, Carlos, it's one of those things, too, where you've seen all these teams making all this progress, and you don't mm-hmm. know which one. Like, it may just send everybody backward. I think so. And not only that, but am I wrong? There's a chance of, of rain. I think I saw a 40% mm-hmm. chance of rain, which could also, you know, bring teams that are usually in the back forward if they're brave. Right. There's many teams and drivers that kind of, you know, second to last race. Um, they're not fighting for that uh, for championships or, not, uh, or points or positions. So they might not be as motivated and some drivers will be. They want to get all the points. So I think we're going to see um, uh, uh, many surprises, I would say. There's going to be a lot of surprises uh, this weekend. That I'm really excited. Well, let's talk about some of these teams and uh, because the, the, the constructors race is getting really interesting. Some of these races in the individual side of things, too. Uh can we see Aston Martin, Dan, doing the same thing that it was doing in the last race, which was uh, even Lance Stroll, I say that uh, not as mean as it sounded, but but a little bit. <laughs> even Lance Stroll was catching up to everybody else, it seemed like. Uh, that Aston Martin car figured something out in Brazil. Does that translate at all into the, into the, into the racetrack that they have at Las Vegas? Uh, yeah, Las Vegas and Brazil are two very different types of tracks, but I do think that Aston Martin's starting to get a little bit of their mojo back and, you know, they've got some, you know, new parts and pieces on the car that are helping out the performance and they're just kind of going back to basics. And so, um, yeah, I think they've got some swagger, which I, you know, never bet against swagger and confidence and momentum, but it is a very different beast than, uh, what Brazil was. I think this track plays into the hands of Ferrari uh and Haas I like any of the Ferrari powered um like partner teams I think will do well here because Ferrari's disadvantage has always been um tire deg they've never been able to keep up with like Max's tire deg and Red Bulls but tire deg's like it's it's going to be an issue but not like it is in the other races like it's it's not going to be like normal tire wear it's going to be really weird outlier tire wear scenarios and so I think Ferrari is the fast in a straight line like Carlos was fast at Monza so I think Ferrari uh it runs a chance of surprising uh, everybody uh of all the teams and I'm looking at the constructors standings right now uh, it is a tight race between Mercedes and Ferrari. They're, they're separated by 20 points. And the last race that Mercedes had, Total Wolf called it an absolute disaster, their worst race that they've had since he's been there, like all this dramatic stuff, all these Toto, this is the worst race. We, we did not show up. We did not have the right car. I don't know what is going to happen with Mercedes this weekend, but Ferrari's waiting to pounce because they want to get that second-place spot. McLaren is shooting up the boards as well, but – Aston Martin's only 20, 20 points behind them. I don't know if there's enough that McLaren can do to catch Ferrari or Mercedes, obviously, but, um, man, it's gotten close. The two through five is actually a really, really nice race between those four teams who have all done at some point during the year. You're like, oh, they figured it out, and then they prove you wrong the next week. Yeah, and I think Ferrari has been a lot more consistent, right? Mercedes, like Toto said, like there's, it's, they're on a fine edge, right? So sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it completely wrong. Um, I think they were being a little bit dramatic last race. Like, yeah, they got it wrong, but they were just like, this car, we cannot wait for next year. And I'm like, you guys, you know, you guys are fighting. You guys are there. Lewis Hamilton is, you know, third. He was trying to catch Perez. So they were trying to discard this car, uh, the car as like one of the worst ones, but it's really not that bad compared to like the rest of the field. Um, they just have to, you know, it's hard to get it right. They just have to get it right. And I think Ferrari have been more consistent. McLaren has just been doing a, a lot better recently and again like you like you said before aston martin uh martin i think they've also got it together so i'm just really excited to see what happens 
I think more importantly, though, is the is the the you know the individual. There's the constructors' titles, and obviously there's tens of millions of dollars on the line if you can shoot up that that board at all. And uh, but the driver standings are are quite interesting too because you've got uh, a race right now uh, between isn't it? I don't know if there's ever been this. Is, has to be a record between the disparity of first to second place, right? There's got to be some sort of a either way. The DNF in Texas for Lewis Hamilton, or no, was it in Mexico? Or the, uh, uh, the, the disqualifying. The disqualifying was uh, Austin. Okay, Texas, so the yeah. disqualification in Texas really, really hurt uh, Lewis's chances. And Sergio Perez has actually put together. Checos had some. He's had some decent races, you know, including the last one where uh, I know he got pipped by uh, by Fernando. But I mean, that's only because Fernando Alonso is just maybe the smartest driver on the entire track. But. Uh, Right now, he's ahead of Lewis by 32 points. There has to be – he might have that in the bag. But you have also uh, 28 points between Fernando Alonso in fourth to Lewis Hamilton in third. You have uh, Lando Norris, who's three points behind Fernando Alonso in that thing. There, there could be – and then you have Carlos Sainz, who's three points behind Lando Norris. There is a total of in – in those three spots, sixth, fifth, and fourth, there's a total of six points that separate them. That is the type of stuff I want to see at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. I, uh, you know, these drivers, they care about it. They might not say, you know, talk about it very much, but they absolutely care about where they're going to finish in the standings. And it's like you said, it's re it's real money, right? Um, it, it's definitely meaningful. And so it's cool to go into, you know, second to last race of the season. Okay. Yeah. The championship's already locked up. Um, but just, it's like, we're kind of wiping the slate clean in terms of experience and expertise at the track, but there's still a lot to race for, for a lot of these guys, you know, some more than others. And so, yeah, you might be seeing people take, uh, be taking more risks. Um, I I'm feeling Carlos, like I, I just, he got that momentum from the golf win. And I think <laughs> that it's, it's going to carry over to the race. Carlos, your thoughts on somebody who could surprise you. Uh, if it's not a max win this weekend, who's it going to be? I think Alonso and Aston Martin, I, I think they've kind of figured it out. And for some reason, I just have a feeling that in Vegas, they're going to they're gonna get it right. Um, and I saw, uh, you know, people are betting. Uh, obviously, it's Vegas. So there was they were posting. And a lot of people are betting on, on Alonso for some reason. So hmm. I, I think he has also a little bit of momentum with uh, Brazil. And uh, I, I think he could be a good surprise. Uh, of, all the, of all the teams that are figuring it out, you talked about the, you know, it's the best race or best engineer. That's Max Verstappen and Adrian Newey. I mean, when you talk about getting cars right, what about for 2024? Like, because I, I can't help but look a little bit forward. What are your thoughts, Dan, on on how other teams can run down Red Bull? And I know it's something that we just – it's so crazy from year to year how these cars change, right, and 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 how much that these teams – make progress or go backward, which has been the case in, you know, for, for teams like Mercedes, or uh, I think the biggest surprise of the year for everybody has been how McLaren was finishing 18th, 19th, 20th, you know, at the beginning of the year. And they're now right there. And, you know, I, I love the idea that Lando could maybe get his first win. It'd be awesome if he did it in Vegas. He just gets, he keeps getting so close. So how do we, how do we prepare ourselves for what 2024 looks like? Cause we know Red Bull is already preparing their car for next year. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what changes going into next year will be aero changes predominantly. Like the engine's locked in until 2026. So like uh, everyone's going to have the same power that they've had, you know, in the last couple of years, which is bad for Alpine because they're down on power. 
Um, and then like the suspension design, we're not seeing many teams change their suspension design. I did read that Alpha Tauri is now running uh, Red Bull's rear suspension design, which duh, like you should have been this whole time that <laughs> you guys like share notes. Um, so it's really just going to be arrow. And um, we talked about before, like it, the arrow time this year, the wind tunnel time that and CFD time that teams get is based on where they finished last year. And Red Bull had the least amount of time. Plus they got sl- slapped with the penalty. So they did even in less than that. And so Hor- uh, Christian Horner said in an interview that they've used pretty much all of their wind tunnel time this year, developing for next year. Mm. Um, and so I think that's given teams some, some opportunity to catch up this year, but like, you know, going into next year, I expect Red Bull to still have a, the advantage and be the fastest car. But I think that that gap is going to close and a lot of teams are going to catch on. To, I mean, the, the one question everyone in the garage is asking themselves is what did McLaren do? Like, how did they go from the last to second fastest? And they're trying to figure that out. And everybody will like it gets through the garage area, like over the, you know, uh, off season, enough guys will go out drinking buddies that like well, secrets change, will get out. And they change teams too. Right. I mean, people get hired yeah. from one place to the next and you know, you can, you can not allow people to divulge things via paperwork, but they'll go over and talk about what the designs are. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff gets around. And so that'll get around. It has been getting around. And then I, so I think that we'll have a, a more competitive season next year than this year. Uh, but man, it's just, it's still going to be hard to catch Red Bull until the regulations change again in 2026. And we kind of start all over again. Yeah. Is there a possibility that the racing could be bad enough? <laughs> and then you have the off track stuff that this weekend that, that this, what are, what are the circumstances? Do you think Carlos and, and Dan, you can answer too, but what are, what are the circumstances that a GP doesn't come back to a place? Because we've had the one-offs, including in, in Vegas before, you know, in the parking lot of Caesar's Palace, you know, back in the uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. But they even kept coming back to that one. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to figure out a way that we can keep this thing here, but it just has felt like such a negative press. Although if you hear it from the, the F1 side of things or Sky Sports, they're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I've never heard a negative word my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are betting on it to succeed. And one of the biggest ones is Formula One. I mean, we haven't talked about how they are actually promoting this race. So the promoters usually, um, they you know, the tracks will, will promote it or other people promote it. But this is for the first time. Formula One itself are the promoters of this race. Um, so they're they're betting high on it. And I think if the race is boring, if really nothing happens, or if we see, you know, accidents or, uh, you know, cars just kind of sliding around uh, with the bad publicity going in, I think that could, you know, be a lot of trouble for for a future Vegas Grand Prix again. Um, but I don't think I don't see that happening. And if it works, what does that mean for Formula One? Right. They're the, the first time they're promoting a race that the promoters for it. Um, could they maybe do something like this for another track, for another place, another country that want to do it? Um, this is a test for them too, right? So if it fails, you could kind of blame it on them. And if it succeeds, maybe that for them means that they can try something like a Las Vegas Grand Prix in another country. Dan, I'm looking at some of these hotel prices for you. You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking, and, of co- and I'm on like Hotwire or something like that, but there are some pretty ridiculously low... <laughs> Now, straight up circus circuses come here for 50 bucks a night on those two nights. You can go to circus yeah, circus. Dude, I'm sure that comes with crab legs and on the whole night the arts. Well, you, crabs for sure, but I don't know about the crab legs. Uh, the hotels, uh, like if you're going to stay in one of the more expensive ones, obviously, uh, but I, I'm not seeing anything more. Even the, even the hotels right there, Center Strip, 
they're not telling you the names of them, but there's like, I mean, it, the the zones are broken up so uh, so much so that you can actually see which ones they are. But I mean, right there, you're talking about between 150, between 70 and 150. I mean, you can find the $400 a night hotels, but I don't know. It feels like something yeah. that you're supposed to do. It feels like you have to do this <laughs> at this point because I, that's that's less than I paid for the hotel in Singapore. That's for sure. <laughs> I, oh. I know. See, and and you know what? The Singapore trip was you had to you had to uh, you know you had to daisy chain that one onto a work trip, and so that was the only reason <laughs> you could make a trip like that happen. So I'm just I'm just right. telling you, there are still a lot of uh, a lot of hotels and availability. So folks who might be planning on this race. All right, overall thoughts on the race and and your excitement level for it, Dan, and and tell me how you think this thing plays out. Yeah, it's like don't knock it till you try it. Like there's just so much kind of neg- negativity out there and it's like we don't know until like the lights go out, we have no idea what's about to happen and I love I think, you know, uncertainty, chaos, you know, level playing field. That makes for great racing and I think we're going to have an all-timer race uh this weekend. So I'm I'm really excited. Give me a podium. Uh, I'm going to go Carlos, Lewis, and Alonzo. Okay. I think the, the Alonzo revenge tour is on. I think he sees Travis Kelsey traveling around with Taylor Swift and knowing that could have been him. And he's like, I'm, I'm going for, Did, for were those, uh, were any of those, were any of those rumors substantiated at all? I don't know. No. <laughs> well, but they started just like the Travis Kelsey ones did. And now it looks like they're almost getting and married, then, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. But that, what does that mean though? That, that, uh, Red Bull just has their first like DNF technical issues. They can't figure it out. I think that this track uh, has a potential to race a lot like Singapore and they couldn't get anywhere around in Singapore. So uh, I think the high probability that they're, you know, at a, at a deficiency, like they can't use the strengths that they normally use. Okay. Carlos, your dream podium. I agree. I think, I think we'd have, like I said, I'm going to go for, I'm going to be a little bit biased. Alonso, I think Hamilton second, Norris third. I think that would be a great podium right there. Dude, uh, Carlos, you should be ashamed of yourself because the honorary uh, Spaniard in this group is now Dan. He put Carlos <laughs> at the top, and then he put for, and then he put Nando third. Uh, you, you've got you've got <laughs> some explaining to do, man. You got you're putting your you you got to give podium space. I would have said if somebody would have written those down that yours was it was his and his was yours. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. go I'm gonna go full on here and just go. Hey, why change anything because it hasn't changed at all? Max one, I'll go. Charles second guy's showing up and he finally figures it out. He's getting all everybody else is getting all this attention. He's going to make it through the formation lap. <laughs> Stop. Listen, <laughs> that wasn't his fault. Hydraulics, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. and then, oh, uh, so I'll go, I'll go, uh, Max Charles. And then I'm going to throw, uh, I'll say Fernando Alonso. It would be between him and Lando getting that third spot. But, uh, Ferrari's going to figure out a way to screw out at least screw up at least one of their drivers uh, this weekend, and this time it won't be it won't be Charles. Okay, uh, you guys, tons of fun. We're looking forward to this thing. And Dan, we're still trying to figure out how to get you to the race, but we're going to make it happen. Uh, if you if I'm telling you, just go on tonight. Start looking around, and we'll we'll make this thing happen. We got to we got to have this have some fun. Carlos and I are going to be down in Las Vegas live, and we're going to also record as many interviews on that on the in our time down there as we can we're going to take some uh, equipment and we'll uh, get some recording done so for dan jimenez and carlos fortune alex curie here we will talk to you next time everybody